0: In Daniel chapter six, in the famous lion's den story, we learn that Daniel is a man of prayer. But did you ever wonder what he prayed? In Daniel nine, we're gonna see this incredible prayer where he cries out to God for the nation of Israel. You know, as I look at our nation, I know if you're like me, we are praying for our nation, praying for revival, praying that the Lord would be at the center of what we do and how we live. Well, we're gonna see Daniel's prayer and see what we can learn about our own prayer lives today on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Psalm 81, God is speaking here through the psalmist and he's addressing his people Israel. And these are the words that he shares. It goes this way. Psalm 81 verse 13 says, Oh, that my people would listen to me. Psalm eighty-one, thirteen. that Israel would walk in my ways. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate the Lord would, would even pretend or would pretend obedience to him and their time of punishment would be forever. But I would feed you, Israel, with the finest of the wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. When the apostles uh, were watching Jesus, if you turn to the book of Daniel, watching his life, watching his ministry, watching his communion with the Father, finally one of them said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach me how to pray. Teaching me how to pray means more than teach me how to say the right words to have the right posture. Teach me how to pray also means teach me how to listen. Teach me how to listen. Teach me how to be in communion with God so that I can be so tuned in to the things of the Spirit that I can hear your voice and I can understand how I am to walk. Oh, that my people would listen to me. I would quickly deal with their enemies. I would feed them with the finest things if they would just listen. Well, Daniel's prayer has been about that. Daniel had observed in the books, verse 2, Daniel 9, the prophet Jeremiah, the scrolls of Jeremiah, about the 70 years, we talked about that last week. And so Daniel gave his attention to the Lord, Daniel 9.3, just by way of review. The Lord God to seek him by prayer, supplication, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed, verse 4, Daniel 9, to the Lord my God. And I confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. And then Daniel begins to own what the nation did. We have sinned. These are all the things that Jeremiah warned them about before the calamity happened. We've committed iniquity. We've acted wickedly. We've rebelled. We've turned aside from your commandments and ordinances. We have not listened, verse six, to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers. Notice, the political leadership, the princes of the land the elders of the land they all got an earful but they wouldn't listen all the people of the land it's very sweeping righteousness belongs to you O lord but to us open shame and daniel begins to own what the nation did wrong daniel begins to confess the sin of his people he begins to walk in the reality of Second Chronicles 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, if they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin. And I will what? I will heal their land. My, my ears will be attentive to prayer offered in this place. So Daniel begins to do what the book says to do, to pray. You'll notice, if you skip ahead in verse 23 of Daniel 9, Daniel's told later as it pertains to this whole prayer. At the beginning of your supplications, that word supplication means when you began to intercede, the command was issued. And I, says the angel, have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed to give heed to the message and gain understanding of the vision. At the beginning of your supplications, when you first started to pray, Heaven already heard you. Sometimes when we pray, we, we doubt maybe that our prayers are effective. And sometimes we don't know how to pray. And even Romans 8 says, when we don't know what to pray or how to pray, even the Holy Spirit can intercede for us, right? We have a helper and he helps us in time of need. And when we even need to know what to pray or how to pray. And sometimes words don't even... Suffice, and that's okay if you don't have words. Sometimes that's okay because God knows the thought before you have it, He knows the word before you speak it. So sometimes just being quiet before the Lord is okay. Maybe just meditating on a Bible verse, a, a promise, an attribute of God's nature is what you need to do. Just get before Him, amen. Just get before Him and just say, Lord, I'm here. And I just want to know you better. Now, last week when we ended, we ended at verse 9 of Daniel 9. And even with all of this ownership that Daniel is taking and all that Israel had done wrong, he says, to the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness. James, uh, I think it's 511, says the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. When you come to the Lord in honest sincerity, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what your thought process has been, no matter how far you've been driving towards the wrong destination, and you stop and you say, Lord, I'm wrong, help me. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He delights in giving loving kindness and compassion. Sometimes we have the wrong view of God, amen? He's not just, you know, this God in the sky just waiting to discipline us when we take the wrong turn. No, no, the Lord is full of compassion. He delights to pour out his loving kindness, but he loves us enough to discipline us as well. And so the writer of Lamentations, Most Believe Jeremiah says, this I recall, I, I call to mind, therefore I have hope, because the Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In a book of lamentations, a book of lament, a book filled with weeping and regret over what was happening to Jerusalem in the destruction, yet I have hope, because the Lord's compassions never cease. They never fail. They are new every single day of my life. All I got to do is tap in to the compassionate one's resources. Now Daniel goes on in the prayer. He says in verse 9, even though God has compassion, we, a compassionate we, so he's contrasting Israel with God, we, nor have we obeyed the voice of the Lord, our God, verse 10, to walk in his teachings, literally in his instructions, which he set before us through his servants, the prophets. Indeed, all Israel, verse 11, has transgressed thy law and turned aside, not obeying thy voice. So the curse has, be, has been poured out on us. Daniel saying, we know exactly what happened. I know what happened. You gave us laws and we didn't follow them. You made promises for blessings and cursings and we followed the wrong path along with the oath which is written in the law of Moses, or the Torah of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him, against God. Thus he has confirmed his words, God will always be true to his word, which he had spoken against us and against our rulers who ruled us, to bring on us, (coughs) excuse me, great calamity, for under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what was done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come on us. Now, where was this written? This is in Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So the last book of Moses, go to chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28. So the nation, uh, young in its uh, life still, in terms of coming out of uh, Egypt and so forth, got some warnings from God, blessings and cursings if you will. And this is uh, Deuteron- Deuteronomy 28. We're going to pick it up at verse 36. The Lord, Deuteronomy 28:36, will bring you and your king whom you shall set over you. So this is a prophecy to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. Go down to verse 41. You shall have sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. And it shall come about, go to verse 63, it shall come about that as the Lord delighted over you to prosper you and multiply you, so the Lord will delight over you to make you perish and destroy you. You shall be torn from the land where you are entering to possess it, 64. Moreover, the Lord will scatter you among all peoples, from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone, which you or your fathers have not known. And among those nations, you shall find no rest. There shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But there the Lord God, the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes, and despair of souls, of soul. Now go back, go to uh, Deuteronomy 30. God continues to speak through Moses to the people prophetically, and he says these words. See, 30, chapter 30, verse 15, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity, Thirty sixteen. In that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it but if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So would you mark it? So choose life, In order that you may live you and your descendants by loving the lord your god you'll hear more from pastor michael in a moment but first we are entering the holiday season and more specifically thanksgiving which reminds us of a time of harvest the book of ruth is a tiny gem in scriptures its story goes much deeper than we see on the surface it's a story of loving kindness hope and redemption naomi and ruth face some of life's biggest challenges and Boaz becomes their redeemer. Looking deeper, the lady's story is our story and Boaz is a picture of our ultimate redeemer, Jesus Christ. This book will give you hope through the toughest seasons and lead you back to the answer, our God who is filled with loving kindness and is our hope. For your donation of $20 or more, we would like to give you a copy of the CD set or DVD by Pastor Michael Lance, Ruth, the Lord of the Harvest. Visit walkingtruth.com today. That's walkingtruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walking Truth. And among those nations you shall find no rest. There shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot, but there the Lord God, the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes and despair of souls. Of soul. Now go back. Go to uh, Deuteronomy 30. God continues to speak through Moses to the people prophetically, and he says these words. See, 30, chapter 30, verse 15. I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. 30:16. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse, so would you mark it? So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, verse 20, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. To give to them. The Lord made it very clear at the end of Moses' life, long before the setting of the book of Daniel. We're talking, what, a thousand years before the book of Daniel? About 1500 BC, somewhere in there? That Israel had a choice to make and their life would be determined by their choices. Back to the book of Daniel. But here they are in Babylonian captivity in a foreign land with foreign gods of wood and stone uh, in a place that they didn't want to be. Why? All because they didn't choose life. They didn't choose to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They didn't choose to teach their families to walk in the ways of the Lord. And Israel, of course, paid the price. And of course, the principle is true today. We are saved by grace, but we still get to choose what our life is going to be like, amen? We still make choices as to whether we're going to walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. And then we get to live with the blessing that follows with the walking in the ways of the Lord or the not not so blessing if we don't. And so back in Daniel 9, verse 13 Middle of the verse says, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquity and giving attention to thy truth. Have you noticed that when you're off track as a Christian, you don't wanna hear it because if you end up going to church or you turn on Christian radio, you gotta hear the truth. And when you're not walking the way you're supposed to, the truth is like fingernails on a chalkboard. It's what you need to hear, but sometimes it's so hard to hear because you know you're off track. And sometimes you're, you're driving in your car, heading for a destination you have no business being at, and some preacher yells at you in your car. Just resist. Ah! <laughs> that must be, No, that couldn't have been the Lord. Yes, that was the Lord. And the Lord knows where you are. He has the ultimate GPS system. It's called the God Positioning System. He knows where you are 24/7. And see, don't see it as, oh, God is just some ogre trying to keep me from, no. God loves you so much, he doesn't want you to destroy your life. How many of you can look back to a moment of time and say, man, I wish I would have turned right instead of left 20 years ago. I wish in this moment I would have had someone who held my feet to the fire and told me the truth even when I didn't want to hear it. Because then I wouldn't have made this mistake that has now rippled out in my life. See, I know we'd have a line coming up here to tell our stories, because I have them. And I'm sure you do as well. So when God gives us truth, it's not to ruin our fun. It's to keep us in a place of blessing. In a place of walking in the best way we can walk. Throughout history, uh, you can think of Jonah's uh, ministry to Nineveh, even though he didn't want to go. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne. He laid aside his robe uh, from him. He covered himself with sackcloth and sat on ashes. And God did not judge Nineveh, because the king, all the way down, repented in sackcloth and ashes. You guys all know the story of Ahab. Jezebel corrupted Ahab. He had no business being with her. But he married her, and she was into the foreign gods, and she was a terrible woman, and she was an an adulteress in every sense of that word. And here's what God said to the prophet. Surely there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, incited him. He acted very abominably in following idols according to all the Amorites had done, whom the Lord cast out before the sons of Israel. And it came about when Ahab heard these words, reading from 1 Kings 21, that he tore his clothes, he put on sackcloth and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went about despondently. The word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring evil, bring the evil in his days, but I will bring the evil upon his house in his son's days. Even old Ahab, after hearing truth, Repented. God can reach anybody, anytime, anywhere. No matter how far you think you've blown it as a Christian. There may be people who are listening to my voice. You're, gonna, you're watching this on the internet. You may be hearing this on the radio. And you think, man, I've gone so far, there's no way I can get back home. That's just a lie. Even Ahab, who married Jezebel and <clears throat> corrupted the nation and caused so much to happen that was wrong. Was brought back again. And so there's hope for all of us, especially as we think about God's love for us in Jesus and how he has reached down to us in that love. Therefore, look at verse 14 of Daniel 9, therefore the Lord has kept the calamity in store and brought it on us for the Lord our God is righteous, Daniel nine fourteen, with respect to all his deeds which he has done, but we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord, our God, who has brought thy people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, Daniel continues, this is his prayer, and has made a name for thyself as it is to this day. We have sinned. We have been wicked. O Lord, in accord with all thy righteous acts, let now thine anger and thy wrath turn away from the city, thy city Jerusalem, Turn away thy wrath, O Lord. That's what Moses said when two times he interceded for the nation of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to blot them out, and I'll, I'll start over with you. I'll make a great nation from you. Now, if you were Moses, would you be thinking, man, yeah, they have been whining all this time in the desert. They're a bunch of whiners. Yeah, start over, Lord. That's a good idea. I mean, sometimes we're tempted, right? We get frustrated with people. We look at the world and we get frustrated. We get frustrated with other Christians. But Moses, in that moment, when the Lord said, just, just stand back. I'm going to blot him out. I'm going to start over with you. What did Moses do? Moses said, "Lord, oh, Lord, no. Lord, blot me out of your book, but save your people. Now, God knew what Moses was going to do. The Bible says Moses was the most humble man that was on the face of the earth at that time. And Moses said, Lord, then take my name out of your book. But I don't want your name dishonored because the people's round about will say he led them out of the land of Egypt only to destroy them in the wilderness. And I care too much about the glory of your name. So blot me out that your name might be preserved. When you start praying like that, look out. Look out when your prayers start becoming about the glory of God. Watch out when your prayers start becoming about the glory of his name and not your, just your, your little world here. And I'm speaking to myself when I say this. Of course, the Lord heard Moses's prayer and he did not blot them out. In Romans nine, Paul says, I tell you the truth. I'm not lying. The spirit bears witness that I have continual unceasing grief in my heart for my kinsmen according to the flesh for Israel. I could wish that I would be a curse from God for the sake of my brethren, Israel. See, Paul's prayer in Romans nine, one through three is really the same type of prayer that Moses prayed in the book of Exodus. See, this is the heart of God. See, this is the heart of an intercessor when an intercessor begins to even own things that they didn't do for the sake of the glory of the name of God. And that's what Daniel's doing here. We have no record of Daniel sinning. We, we see him, you know, being faithful. We know he was a sinner, but we have no record of some egregious sin that he committed. And yet Daniel keeps saying, we have done this. We have been, look at 15, we have sinned, end of 15. We have been wicked. O Lord, 16, in accordance with all thy righteous acts, let now thine anger, thy wrath turn away from the city of Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, Zion. For because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people have become a reproach to all those around us. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael. I wanted to take a minute here to wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving is really a part of who we are as Christians. In everything, we are to give thanks for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. But as a Christian, Thanksgiving comes pretty naturally because we are so thankful for the ultimate gift, the ultimate thing that we celebrate, the ultimate one that we give thanks to is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wanted to tell you, just from my heart to yours, from my family to yours, that I'm very grateful that you've become our listening family. I'm very grateful for the partnership that we share in getting out the gospel. I'm grateful that we get to spend time together every day, some of us. And for most of us, we've never met before, and we may not meet until we're in heaven. But I'm very grateful for you. I'm grateful for your prayers. I'm grateful for your partnership. And I'm just grateful that we have such a loving and good and kind God. And so thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours from Walk in Truth. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.